0: Thank <laughs> you. It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Talk to JT. As we are rolling on on the biggest topic in the NFL, who will be the Raiders quarterback? This is nothing to dive into and look crazy about. Have we lost our bleepin' mind? Look, the elephant in the room is the majority of our audience are Raider fans, and they would like the Raiders to win now. They don't want to rebuild. They don't care about two or three years. The last 20-plus years have been hard, and they're sick of it. Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. Are you kidding me? It's an absolute free-for-all with the Raiders on national radio debate shows. Everybody now is throwing blank up against the wall. No, no, no. Who are you listening to? Who's putting this in your head? But what happens next is what should this team do that's responsible, not reckless, makes sense, and could kind of thread the needle and get this team back to greatness? with me on that put some respect on jt the brick name and now sound off like you got a pair here's jt the brick out of the gate jt as we begin a little apology in advance i got a head cold today all of a sudden this cold weather hit me but we got two radio shows today i got today from noon to two and a little bit afterwards on sirius xm from four to six as i'll be talking march madness coming off that epic night last night in las vegas the sweet 16 The city was popping. Anybody who went to the game or was around the Strip or anywhere on the Strip corridor had some of the greatest times of their life, unless they were Arkansas fans. Man, pig suey Arkansas fans doing the walk of shame out of T-Mobile, a lot of red and white with heads down. As Arkansas came in, my guy Eric Musselman, I had him winning that game, and they got dominated. How good is UConn? And how epic was that Gonzaga win? Zagalicious, as I always said. Drew Timmy in the game that he had. Wow, T-Mobile now has hockey, concerts, and great NCAA basketball. Welcome in. We're brought to you by P.T.'s. Best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Send a lot of people over to P.T.'s to watch March Madness. Heard back from our P.T. partners. They love it. They will entertain you again. Head on out to P.T.'s for the madness of March Madness. And they're also a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights who won again. They won again. First place in the West. I'm telling you, something big's happening here in Vegas. And the Raiders, I have my brand new trusty roster in front of me with all the names, all the names that the Raiders have added. Some fans are good with it. Other fans are skeptical. Skeptical. Many fans are angry. You know, It's tough to make a Raider fan happy nowadays, even in the offseason. It's tough. Like Every Raider fan should be brought a case of Modelo's or a cake or some cupcakes to make them happy every day on my timeline, complaining about this or that. How about this one? Raiders are bringing in another wide receiver to take a look at. And if you look at what they're going to do and what they could do, uh, this was from our good friend Jordan Schultz, DeAndre Carter, visiting the Raiders today. The Chargers free agent comes off career best and was a special team's ace as well. Carter's market is heating up with a few other teams in the mix as well. So Vic Taper, Touche said, can never have enough wide receivers, apparently. Touche, nice job, nice zing by Vic there. You know, I'm wondering when some defensive players are going to come on in. They signed a lot of defensive players here, but a lot of guys on one-year deals, a lot of corners who are fast, a lot of guys who can run around and hopefully make plays. Uh, David Long Jr., Marcus Epps, your starting safety. Spillane, the middle linebacker. I've been talking about who else can they bring in here to make plays. Duke Shelley. How about Nate Hobbs taking his game to the next level? But we know that Dave Ziegler and his staff was out in Columbus, Ohio, seeing the best quarterback or the second best because then he went to Tuscaloosa. So the Raiders have been on the road for a couple of pro days Some big ones. And we're going to find out when I talk to Dave when he gets back how that went. But you know the Raiders had the opportunity to look at a number, a number of players from Ohio State and Alabama. That's always good. Always good to be in that environment with Nick Saban, be in the environment in Columbus, see some players, some guys working out that you haven't seen before, and put a check mark next to them if the Raiders want to grab that player in the third, fourth, sixth round. Remember Thayer Mumford Jr. in the seventh round. He got thrown into action. Remember the Raiders last year, Dylan Parham, when they were able to look at him and have him in, and they took him with their first pick last year because they didn't have a first and second with Devontae. So the Raiders, as I've been telling you, the powder is dry. The gunpowder is dry. The Raiders can pull the trigger and go big in the draft. They have to because Seattle did last year. Jacksonville did last year over the last two years. Cincinnati's been drafting well. It's time for the Raiders with a full draft and the number 7th pick overall to fire away and hit the target. Get a couple of guys in here that can change the culture on the defensive side. As I told you, as the pre- and post-game game day radio host, I haven't seen a softer defense in Raider history than that one of last year. There was a pillow in the middle of that field from the line of scrimmage to about 15 yards over the linebackers. It was just a vast sea of exodus. Anybody who ran across the middle was wide open. We need people in here like the assassin Jack Tatum. We need people that's going to knock people's heads off if they're over the middle of the field like the great Rod Martin, a linebacker who intercepted three passes in the Super Bowl. Get some of those guys in who can make plays. I think they're trying to do it, but they got to catch the ball. they got to get off the field on third down because the more and more I dive into Jimmy G, And a week ago, last Friday, we had Jimmy G on. I really enjoyed that interview. I hope you did. We got good feedback as a humble guy. If you give Jimmy G the ball on a short field, and you got Jimmy G in the shotgun with Josh Jacobs or under center with Josh Jacobs coming off leading the lead and rushing, depending on and hopefully Hunter Renthro here with Devontae and what they have with Jacoby Myers and two big tight ends, really big tight ends playing together, Or play one at a time. Go five wide. Go five wide with Josh McDaniels' offense. Go five wide and let Jimmy G look off everybody. Jimmy G will get the ball out. Jimmy G will understand this offense better than Derek Carr. And Derek Carr was a really good player. But Jimmy G understands Josh McDaniels. He was trained and brought up through him. That's what Jimmy G said in the press conference. So it better work. You got a play caller. A guy with six Super Bowl rings. You got Jimmy G with two Super Bowl rings. All those practices, come on. This thing should fly. Every critical Raider fan that I've talked to, everyone, cannot debate me on the power of this offense. I'd like to add another offensive lineman. I don't want to have a revolving door at right tackle. You don't either. But with all the weapons that they have, they have not taken a step back. Waller wasn't available last year. Either was Renfro. Renfro here with the fresh... You know, Jacoby coming in there in a the slaughter in motion with Devontae. This offense is bleeping loaded at a level of being loaded with all teams around the league. I mean, Look, uh, Patrick Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill. They went back and won the Super Bowl. Look, you know, Kelsey's unbelievable, but the Raiders got Devontae. They don't. So the Raiders' offense for me, I wouldn't shut the door on it. They might bring in another playmaker here. But the key to what I'm telling you here is, is the offense is good. It's fine now. Let the guys go play pitch and catch in the park. Let Jimmy G throw a couple of you know practice days, loosen up with these guys, and let's put our focus, our laser focus, on the defensive side of the ball. And we'll start doing that next week as we break down some mock drafts and we talk about all that. If you went to the game last night, I want to hear from you. I want to hear if you went to the Gonzaga game against UCLA and how that played out. We're going to get to some Gonzaga highlights here, right here in the open, on what happened in that game. It was incredible to see Drew Timmy with this layup. This is 35 points. This guy completely took over the game late.
1: Jab step, dribbles left. Smith into the paint on Bailey. Spins, drops it down to Timmy above the right block. Timmy's got it against Nuba. Timmy looking, spins to the baseline, lays it up. And in! 45 in the ballgame
0: for Timmy. 65-61, Gonzaga up four. Westwood went on the call. You have to put Timmy in some type of category all-time, all-time, in the NCAA with one team, a veteran player. He's not Christian Laettner, but he reminds me a lot of Laettner. Laettner was super elite. I got Laettner on my all-time out Rushmore with Bill Walton and Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Leitner's three, you can't touch him on the Mount Rushmore. Leitner was one of the greatest college players of all time. My Mount Rushmore at four could have anybody from Oscar Robertson to Pete Maravich to Irvin Magic Johnson or Larry Bird. Could be a lot of guys, but you can't touch Bill Walton, Kareem, and Christian Leitner. And Timmy is not at that level, but he's at that level in the history of Gonzaga. Now Strother came through with this dagger. He played at Liberty. Here's a local kid from Las Vegas making the biggest shot of his life.
1: Strother will get it in. Salas picks it up. Clock starts. 11 seconds. Salas across the timeline. Pitch it back. Strother. Deep three from the top of the key. Got it. Oh, he hit it. Strother from the top. Seven seconds left. Campbell on the run. Into the front court. Drives to the right side. Stripped away. Strother's got it. Foul with 1.1 to go. That
0: was incredible. What a play. A local kid here in Vegas hits a jump shot like that, changes everything, and UCLA goes home, and Zagalicious stays for the
1: weekend. Now here Jaquez comes more. looking, looking.
0: Go ahead, Bobby. Play the final call. Go ahead.
1: Can- Jockers looking, looking. Do they foul? Jockers will throw it in. Nuba makes the catch off the Campbell. Puts it up with a buzzer. No, and Gonzaga wins the gonzaga bulldogs are elite again gonzaga comes back from 13 down they beat ucla 79 76 and the gonzaga bulldogs on to the elite eight
0: westwood won on the call so that is special if you're in the building for that i was not i had my son picked him up at the airport all my nephews are out here from my nephew's bachelor party i'm going tomorrow night to see this team play. I've seen this team play before several times in Vegas. Gonzaga's home is not Spokane, Washington. It's Las Vegas, Nevada. Their fans are here. I didn't pick them to win this year. I picked them the last couple of years. They are damn good. They're well coached. What execution on that final play. Mark Few even talked about it It was the J Wright play of Villanova. That's what they even call it. The Villanova play, Jay Wright, and they practice it and they knocked it down in a sold-out house. Incredible. DJ Allen will join us from X's and O's of success, my good friend. I work with him with Coaches vs. Cancer here in a few minutes. He's been one of those guys behind the scenes that helped make this happen. I'm so proud to be in Vegas for last night and this weekend to see this. I was walking from the Cosmopolitan to the MGM, uh, at one point last night, and it was gorgeous out. The weather was great, and it was just fans everywhere. Everyone had their colors onto their team. Everyone was having fun, getting ready to go to dinner or go out to a club or a bar. Everybody just loves coming here for the madness of March. Chris in West Oakland, a diehard college basketball fan and coach. What's happening, Chris? Hey,
2: JT. You know, I, I, if the timing of it would have worked out better just being my grandson's birthday today and – this weekend, I was going to go straight from Lake Tahoe to Vegas. I really wanted to be there for this. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to go to the Chase Center last year, got to see Coach K's final win. And and uh, and funny you said that, I'm also friends with Eric Muffelman and the staff. We got tickets through the Arkansas staff last year. Really sad to see them get the crap kicked out of them the way they did. But nothing nothing delivers year in and year out like the excitement of the NCAA tournament. College football, even the NFL in the Super Bowl, They're one game. This is a three-week tournament, JT, that I just don't know. The excitement, the pageantry, it's just flat-out awesome. Before I get to that game last night, I want to say a couple of quick things. Number one, I hope these selection committees are taking notice. Every year I bang on this, and every year here we go again. And I'm going to use the Big Ten as the perfect example. I'm tired of seeing eight and nine teams by the Big Ten. Every single year get in, and by the first weekend they're almost all gone. Now they're all gone. You look at the teams that are left, Florida Atlantic, Princeton, Creighton, San Diego State. These mid-majors can play, especially now with the transfer portal. you got teams that are older and more mature. We're not that far away, JT, that I believe a mid-major is going to break through and win the title. I don't know that it's going to be this year, but I hope the tournament committee's taking notice that these teams deserve a chance. Not, You know, a team that wins 28 games in, in the Atlantic 10 deserves a shot not to get left out because you take the ninth-place team in the Big Ten that's out on the first day. That being said, let me talk about last night. Look, I feel bad for UCLA, and you also know what a big Mark and gonzaga fan I am. I thought a healthy UCLA was as good as anybody and was my pick to win the tournament. They were just so beat up. But to watch that team down two starters last night fight the way they did That was a great, great ball game. The first half, they couldn't have played any better. You knew they were going to make a run, and that's exactly what they did. Gonzaga, I picked them on your show to JT to go the other way the other night, but here's their Achilles heel, and it's going to tie into Drew Timmy. They're such an awful free-throw shooting team. I don't know if they can win it all. I don't know. Two games in a row, they've gotten away with it. Drew Timmy's a phenomenal player. Phenomenal. But you can't have a 61% free throw shooter who in the last two minutes of the game is 49%. The reason they went to the the Jay Wright, the Villanova play last night, I believe Mark Hugh didn't want to go to Drew Timmy knowing he probably would have got fouled. That being said, what a huge shot they hit last night and – And it's just it was if they would have lost that game, JT, it would have gone down as bad as that 2006 game in Oakland that I also attended that kept them from going to the Final Four. Adam Morris's senior year when they blew a nine-point lead in the last 37 seconds. Gonzaga missed six free throws and turned the ball over three times last night in the last minute 10. If they want to win it all, they have to clean that up because I'm pulling for Mark Few. And one more thing about Drew Timmy, JT, nobody's talked about. This kid can come back to college one more year because the COVID year, they got that eligibility back. So this kid loves Gonzaga so much. It wouldn't surprise me to see this guy out there looking like a 35-year-old man (laughs) dominating kids in the paint like he has. I think he'll be a solid 12-minute player a night on an NBA team. I don't think he'll be an all-star, but I think a guy with that kind of footwork that can pass and score around the basket definitely has a shot. But I hope he comes back because I love watching this kid play. I just love watching guys that are playing ball for the joy of the game. And again, I'll be there when their final four's there in a few years. I'll definitely be there. Have a great time tomorrow night, JT, because there's absolutely nothing better than the regionals and the final four. I wish I could attend them every year. Thank you, my friend, and uh, have a great weekend, and have yeah, a great too, time Chris. with your sons and nephews. Thank you. Later, thank brother. you,
0: Chris. Yeah, thank you very much. That's a good phone call from a great caller who happens to be a coach, and he's right about Timmy and what happens down the stretch. They've got to clean up their turnovers and hit their free throws. DJ Allen, exes and O's of success, Coaches versus Cancer, my dear friend who's done a lot for me in this town and he's done a lot for college basketball in this town dj jump in what a night how proud are you and everyone around your world when you walk in for a sweet 16 at t-mobile how are you
3: i'm great and, and i tell you what when when julian hit that shot and we've had a chance to watch him play since he was in middle school here and he, he was on a middle school team at Sevestri, known as probably one of the best middle school teams and in uh, Southern Nevada history, Jalen Hill from Oklahoma, Dante Davis. But I thought last night when Julian hit that shot, he went and he hugged his family. If he only knew and his family only knew the amount of people from Las Vegas over the past two decades who made last night happen. I mean, it's just, you know, Lisa Motley with the l v c v a got a crew of people together a few years ago in sports and hospitality, and they called it Team Vegas. And last night was really a celebration of what all those people over all these years had done to make last night happen. And, uh, yeah, when Julian hit that shot, I just thought, man, if they only knew.
0: Yeah, I'm happy you're sharing that with us. That's a great connecting story with that shot, Vegas and the work. Let's let's spend some more time on that with the people behind the scenes and maybe a bump in the road here and there, but no one got discouraged And once the NCAA and with the gambling aspects with pro sports and that all got out of the way and everybody saw the resort corridor and how many casino hotel rooms are in this town. And now you got a Legion stadium that can have a final four, but T-Mobile, T-Mobile. Tell me about that. That pops for basketball. You go in there for a golden night game. You understand it, but you go in for a basketball game with that floor and you look at the scoreboard. It just looks gorgeous. And everyone got a chance to see that on TV last night.
3: Oh, it's phenomenal. And, and, you know, T-Mobile obviously changed everything. Gaming changed everything. There wasn't one thing, one person who made it happen. I mean, you go back to the early 2000s when Ron Montoya, you know, in, in, in basketball starts bringing college tournaments here. And, and Steve Stallworth, the story gets told about Steve. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, you had to look at MGM had to have the vision. You know, Rick Arpin and the vision with the arena. But Jim Muren and, and Bill Hornbuckle had to believe in it and what it could become. And, and what T-Mobile has become, and Lance Evans, you know, very much involved with that, John Ballister, um, it does pop. But then, as you keep telling the story about how did all of this happen, you know, Scott Sabella, when he was at MGM Grand, your good friend Scott, yeah, uh, working with Las Vegas Events to bring in the Pac-12 tournament, that changed everything when Pac-12 came in. Um, and, and people like Dale Eels so much involved, Pat Christensen, Tim Keener. Um, but it, it was, it's it had to build up, you know, USA basketball coming here, the summer league. There wasn't one thing. Now what the city did do is in 2014 is, is started to really have a concerted effort, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we were able to be involved And Jim Livengood was a big part of this because we had all the, all we knew locally what we were doing. Um, but Jim Good being so respected nationally, was able to help tell the story to, um, um, you know, leaders in college athletics and, and the LVCVA, you know, seeing the vision You know, obviously Rossi, when he was here doing his thing, Rob and what Lisa Motley and Steve Hill have done uh, with the NCAA. Is, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's just, so it's just, it's exciting to watch. And, and, and really, as you talk about T-Mobile, you know, Dan Quinn leads, leads the arena over there, but what Brooks Downing and his team have done mm-hmm. to bring in Gonzaga Duke and and you know, so many of the big tournaments. Um, man on T V it just looks great and and what a celebration last night was of Las Vegas. And again, all the hard work of the people and how wild was it that Julian hits that shot. Oh amazing. You know, it's just 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 great, you know. And and, and and again I hope you don't mind. You know, it's like one of those where you know you're missing people, but how about you and L V, you know, and, and obviously Jim, that connection, but Desiree when she was there, now Harp, the A D and Mike Newcomb. You know, all he does with facilities, it it really is a team sport. So many people involved on so many different levels. What you've done with uh, the coaches versus cancer, you know, with Coach Kruger, we've talked about how we're 15 years, the top coaches are coming into town, and and people use that as a tool to, to tell them about Vegas, so. And at the end of the day, Julian hits the shot. So sorry I'm rambling.
0: No, you, I, wanted I wanted you to ramble because I, I wanted you to name all those names because yeah. that's important. That's what I do. I do local Vegas radio. Fortunately, it's a national show on the Raiders app, but people have to understand the backstory about the people who had a vision. And then last night we saw that vision. Hey, before you go, one team that I didn't pay a lot of attention to this year, I just didn't watch a lot of their games, UConn. Now I've watched them and I've seen them. Oh, my God. I mean, oh. the, way, the way they defend on the perimeter, their fast break, some of their undercutting and back screens, and they got some grown men on that team. Oh. I was blown away. This next game coming up here is going to be unbelievable. UConn's no joke.
3: No, no joke at all. And I think, you know, we were talking last night, they're, they're playing like they did in December. Yeah. And, you know, they got into to conference, and every team has lows in conference, a couple of injuries, but they're playing like that team in December that was ranked, you know, at the top of the top 25 yeah, this, this, this could be legit right here. Um, what, what a celebration. I mean, it was, again, so special for Las Vegas. And, and I did, I was, I was walking out of the arena last night and, and just thinking about the Vegas kid, Julian and going, if he only knew yeah. all the people over the last couple of decades and how fitting was that for, for a young man from Las Vegas to really put a cap on that first night of all the work of all the people in Vegas, uh, it's, it's good people. You know, there's so many good people in this town, and, and people said we couldn't do it, you know, Vegas. And, and listen, this is just the, the scratch of the surface. What yes. this community has done with the Super Bowl, Final Four, Formula One, you know, it, it, it's there, there are so many talented people in this town, and this is a special place, and it's great the world's getting to see it.
0: Awesome, DJ. Thanks for making time for me today. Congrats on all that, everybody involved. Thanks for mentioning those names. I'll see you in the building tomorrow night. Thank you.
3: All right. Hey, you're welcome. Go Las Vegas.
0: You got it. DJ Allen, X's and O's of success, leadership, helping other people advance their vision and dreams. Really good friend of mine, by the way, DJ's daughter, Bailey, who is a freshman at Oklahoma with my son, has already graduated. She graduated early from Oklahoma. My son's graduating from Oklahoma in May. And both of our kids went into that freshman class together. And it meant a lot to me because I'm just, uh, you know, good friends. When you have kids that go to college together and get a chance to build the friendship, that's really cool. 702-365-9200. Raiders making more noise. A depth move here. So just got this on Twitter. Let me double check this here from the Silver and Black as I open up the show. So the Raiders go out and add a tackle. And I'll get to that right here in a second. I was just kind of winding out of DJ's. Twitter feed, and uh, here we go. They have signed unrestricted free agent defensive tackle, John Jenkins, off of the Dolphins. So the Raiders add another depth player. They just tweeted it out eight minutes ago. And this is what I would do if I were you. The Raiders on social media, they uh, tweet out a picture of him signing his contract, John Jenkins. Why don't you welcome him to the Raider Nation? That's it. Just go in there if you want to. Or don't do anything. Just look. Don't do anything. I, I you know don't do anything I can't believe I just said go on the Twitter because you should be welcoming new players to the Raider Nation hey coming up next Johnny Katz will join us in a little bit from the Las Vegas Review Journal on what's happening in town this weekend John Cougar Mellencamp I guess John Mellencamp now the Swifties Taylor Swift my wife's going to that tonight that's why I'm doing 17 radio shows a week to pay for that show wow that's a big one And we'll find out what's happening in the city. If you went to the games last night, give me a call. Let's sell March Madness today in Vegas on top of the Raider Nation.
2: Two on one for the Knights. Marcheseau in. He scores! Jonathan Marcheseau. Top left corner. He delayed, thought he might pass, but he got so close. He had the great angle going on the top left side, and the Knights take a 1-0 lead 12 minutes into the game.
0: Another Knights win, VGK, first place in the West, an opportunity to beat a one-seat out West and have an easier road than the East, much easier road to get to the Stanley Cup Final. We'll be talking a lot of VGK next week. John Katz Johnny Katz joins us from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Katz, I got a little tickle in my throat today. I was doing a lot of walking in this cold weather. You deliver everything here other than 20 degrees warmer for me. How are you?
4: <laughs> I wish I had that. Hour. I've got family coming in next week from Idaho, and it's been as cold here as there. So,
0: yeah. I, it's it's uh, yeah, it's not good for poll season, but uh, it'll get going not good soon for enough. Hey, I no, wanna, you took
4: the word right out of my mouth.
0: I want to begin. I never thought I'd say this. I'm talking Taylor Swift, a guy in his mid-50s right now. Taylor Swift, because I heard some of the behind the scene numbers on the suite sales and the merch. And these two, you know, we had other big shows in the history of Allegiant Stadium. It looks like clearly this is the biggest one when it comes to revenue, ticket sales, merchandise, hotel rooms. And I thought with the Stones and Metallica and Billy Joel, this is the biggest. Tell me why. How many people are in town for this?
4: They, well, it far outpaces all of them. That you yeah. We're I mean, probably going on, a similar, on similar intel. You know, it's, a, it's, it's many times over. Uh, Stones, Metallica, Billy Joel, you know. Um, you know, I, I know this, that she sold in hard tickets. To, there will be uh, 40,000 people um, in the venue each night, 80,000 total. And they're saying that she could have sold um, dozens more shows. out at Allegiant Stadium if she wanted to. The the ticket demand was that high. Um, You know, so how to quantify it, you know, we've already got people out there trying to, you know, who are lining up to buy merchandise. They're going to be there indoors tonight. I'm going to be there uh, to check this out. This is her time. This is Taylor Swift's time right now. And uh, there's really, uh, outside of possibly BTS in terms of um, uh, stadium tours, nobody in her class right now.
0: Johnny Katz is our guest. So a couple of the big things I want to get to, some of the other shows that are in town, we got a lot of people visiting and listening to us from outside the market. John Mellencamp, I, I remember mm-hmm. seeing him 25 years ago and how great of a show it is. Tell me about that. How long's he in town for? What's his show like?
4: His It's tonight and tomorrow night, and they've been trying. You know, there's been an effort um, across the board, including I believe, uh, when to get him to do uh, a residency runner and uh, an extended engagement dating to the days when Steve Wynn was trying to, you know, uh, populate Encore Theater. Uh, it's going to be his show, his, uh, his uh, greatest hits, um, his own version of eras, I guess you could say, uh, tonight and tomorrow night, and that's it. And he hasn't, Mellencamp hasn't played Vegas at all since he opened for Bob Dylan in 2012 at the uh, wow. uh, Coliseum. And I saw him before that at the Aladdin Theater for the Performing Arts in 2002 Um and was just an amazing artist, amazing. And uh, he just hasn't played Vegas too much. So, you know, this is a rare opportunity to see him in the face of a very um, otherwise uh, uh, busy weekend, uh, you know, across, up and down the Strip. But, yeah, he's here Friday and, or tonight and and tomorrow night.
0: Johnny Katz is our guest. Check out his column. Uh, before we get back to sports here, you wrote about it's 20 years ago tomorrow since Celine changed everything in Vegas, and now all the residencies today. Take us behind that column and what she generated initially and now how the world stage has changed in Las Vegas with the world of residencies.
4: Yeah, well, as we know, Celine Dion and AEG uh, Presents and Concert West, her promotion partner, and Renee Angelil her uh, husband at the time and manager, the late René Angelo, had the vision to bring a different kind of headlining production to Las Vegas, and that is in terms of art, uh, what they delivered artistically, with invoking uh, Cirque du Soleil elements. They saw went and saw O and thought, boy, something like that would be great in a Celine show. And in terms of architecture, we had not had anybody uh, who had um, the, the power of Celine Dion who merited an entire theater to be uh, designed to her specifications, and that is the Coliseum. They pulled apart the uh, the Circus Maximus showroom to make room for Celine Dion. this became their main their primary live entertainment venue. and from that moment forward the the um, scale and uh, type of uh, Las Vegas residency changed. It became a lot greater scale and she's the the primary reason that happened back in 2003 and it was so big as i wrote it was a, a network tv special opening night justin timberlake then late mm-hmm. then just from in uh, sync was the host so um you know that led to rod stewart elton john Reba, and brooks and dunn shania twain all in that room bet midler came in you know share play the coliseum for for a while before moving over to uh, park mgm and from there we had britney spears go over to uh, then axis now uh, uh uh, Zappos Theater and, and Backed Theater of Planet Hollywood she, they redesigned the, the theater for her so she could hit a younger demographic and it just it flourished from there J-Lo Gwen Stefani uh, you know Keith Urban today uh, Lady wow. Gaga, <laughs> Bruno I Mars Sonic, Aerosmith uh, Adam Lambert with Queen or Queen with Adam Lambert on and on John Legend on and on you just t- tick them off Pitbull um, you know Backstreet Boys had a huge run here All of that started 20 years ago at the Coliseum. That whole idea is is celebrating its 20th anniversary, including Celine, who has not, by the way, announced what she's going to do in the future because of her health problems.
0: Johnny Katz is our guest. 20 years ago tomorrow, the world of residencies. Only 20 years ago. And then think of all those bands. Hey, finally, I know you have access and you talk to Mark Davis all the time, Tom Brady buying into the las vegas aces i mean the internet almost broke yesterday when brady <laughs> when brady made that announcement and you know a lot of raider fans including myself thought we had a shot at getting tom brady to play quarterback before jimmy garoppolo how did this come yeah. about or are you about to talk with mark on how they put this deal together
4: you know the last time i talked to mark about tom brady was um was when brady was a a, a real free agent and still an active player and there was a lot of talk about him coming here a couple of years ago it was a three years ago and i asked i his name out there and he says, who, who <laughs> I go, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. And he was joking, you know, they had car in line and, and, uh, you know, this is a great, it's great to have Tom Brady affiliated with Las Vegas, especially this way, because I think it's a really great uh, move for him and for the team. It gives them a, a little bit of a, uh, You know, kind of even more superstar credibility than they've had. And, and, you know, of course, the financial investment. And if you look at it this way, JT, if you look at the quarterback situation we have in Las Vegas now, just in terms of a newsmaker context, Mm -hmm. we have traded Carr for Garoppolo and Brady. So, you know, (laughs) now that's our... Those are our quarterbacks we're, we're talking about now. No and, doubt, uh, it's it's good. It's good for conversation. It's good for you know. They both have a lot of panache, and I'm looking forward to Garoppolo being in our city too. You, if you want to mention him, um, you know, I I just had, I just was just just uh, tailored for a black suit. at stitched right before I <laughs> we talked today because I wanted to have a suit like Garoppolo wore at his press conference. So I've got that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got a I got, I got a black tux. tux. I just got a black tux for a couple of events here, and I won't wear it because. <laughs> I will never compare it to the great Jimmy G. Johnny, good to talk to you, man. Great column this week. I'll retweet it, and thanks every couple of Fridays coming on, telling everybody what's happening in Vegas. It's an amazing weekend with the Sweet 16 and having a night off with all these concerts in town. Thanks a lot.
4: Big week. Thanks, JT.
0: You got it. There he is, John Katz-Laminas, Johnny Katz. I mean, if you look at how they play these games in the regionals, and you're in town to see the Sweet 16 and you get a night off before you go back on Saturday to see the bands – And the artists who are playing up and down the strip, and as you know, they haven't even opened the sphere yet. Wait till they open the sphere, which is going to be unbelievable. I was at one steakhouse last night for a little bit with my nephews, uh, with the great J.O.D., the bartender there, having some uh, birthday festivities and bachelor uh, festivities for some friends in town. And I just can't believe what's going on. I walk, I walked last night more than I probably should have. I didn't have a jacket on. I came home and I woke up this morning, a little bit of a fever, cold, head cold and all that. I got the steps in, but I said, man, it got really cold late at night. And the walk that I made from the Cosmo to the MGM, Arkansas fans left early. They got blown out. And as I'm walking there, I know the score and I got it on my phone. And I look and I see a wave. Of red and white coming at me, and the Arkansas fans that bailed a little bit early because they were just getting embarrassed. And now a lot of those fans have to stay through the weekend. What are they going to do? Hey, Raiders made another move. They got a defensive tackle who's played a long time in this league. So it's just a depth move here getting John Jenkins. The Raiders just put out the release, and uh, he's in his 11th season. Played with the Giants, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Bears. He also played in five postseason games and recorded eight tackles, one sack, and one fumble recovery. So he's an interior defensive tackle. We know that the Raiders have to get more of that, but they need a young, young superstar at that position. I keep going back to the late, great Darryl Russell. If you're in the Raider Nation, remember how great he was when he came before he passed away from USC. He went to -to back-to-back Pro Bowls his rookie and sophomore year the Raiders will have an opportunity to get a defensive tackle at number seven. And what we're going to try to figure out here over the next you know 30 days is what's your priority? Do you want to get Gonzalez or Witherspoon the corners, or do you want to get a defensive tackle that could drop to the Raiders or maybe move back and still get a defensive tackle? It's got to be one of those two. I can't imagine the Raiders taking anything in that first round other than a defensive tackle or a cornerback. And if for some reason, if Dave Ziegler's in love with one of these quarterbacks and goes up and gets one, he's going to have to trade up. I mean, that would knock me out of my chair right here in my office. I'd be surprised by that, but Dave's pretty sharp, and he's pretty quiet, and no one knows what hands he, hand he's playing going into this draft. 702-365-9200 at the top of the hour whenever I have it on Fridays. We'll play most of Raiders' roundtable with Lincoln Kennedy and Q. This was a good one. Most of the signings are in this podcast. We'll play it here on radio if you didn't get a chance to see it. Really proud of that podcast. Numbers are great. Raider fans are downloading it. It's got a video element to that and we'll get to that near the top of the hour. 702-365-9200. Got to do 3 more hours of radio today. Okay. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun cuz the sweet 16's in town and my three nephews and my son are in town. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. The cover of the newspaper Elite performances. Gonzaga, Connecticut are winners in Las Vegas' Sweet 16 matchups. Man, it's going to be epic on Saturday. This is the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio.
2: Five seconds to go, Marquette will not foul, and the Spartans will dribble it out. The Spartans are sweet again, for the first time since 2019, Michigan State is in the Sweet 16. The final score, Michigan State 69, Marquette 60. Michigan State is back in the Sweet 16.
0: And Michigan State lost yesterday, and Tom Izzo is out. So that's what they're known for, getting to the Sweet 16. JT, back with you. Join me tomorrow. Pool season is back at the world-famous Dre's Rooftop Beach Club. Rent your cabana, enjoy Quantro margaritas while watching the college basketball tournament. Quantro games, giveaways, and mixing up margaritas all day. Quantro, the art of the mix. Big party there tomorrow. If you want to watch games, I'll be there. Proud of our partner, Remy Martin, team up for excellence. So, you look at the games last night. I think the biggest game in the country was right here in Las Vegas as Gonzaga won. Now, Gonzaga has an opportunity to come through Vegas and get to the national championship round of the Final Four. That is a big deal. If they can do that here, if they get there, you know, there's still some number one seeds left. So, we get a chance to see Alabama and Houston go up against Miami. And Miami is a really good team. I want to get to the final score, Bobby, of FAU winning. This is shocking to me that FAU is, has a chance now to do something special. Elite eight, a team that no one had in their bracket
2: the florida atlantic owls who had never won an ncaa tournament game before this season have won three in the tournament now they are heading to the elite eight for a date with kansas state on saturday the remarkable year for dusty may and florida atlantic continues their 34th win of the season brian greenlee And Nick Boyd standing on the table to our left and celebrating with the FAU fans. The final score, Florida
0: Atlantic 62, Tennessee 55. I am shocked by that. I didn't think Tennessee would let those guys beat them. They're so big and strong. And Florida Athletic made their shots. That's courtesy of Westwood One. Did you hear in that final call? That's their 34th win of the year. 34th win to get them to the Elite Eight. Now you got to take them seriously. The team that looks best to me is UConn. That's why I can't wait for Zags-UConn because UConn looks great, and we know how good Zagalicious is. I wanted to play one more piece of sound from Charles Barkley if you didn't hear it. The president of the NCAA sat down with Greg Gumbel and Clark Kellogg talking about name, image, and likeness. All these kids want to get paid now in college And it's the Wild West. There's no rules. You can pay a kid a million bucks. You can pay a kid 200 grand. You can give a kid a suit. You can do all these things with endorsements now, but there's no one in charge. So the president of the NCAA talked about the feds and the government politicians getting in charge. Here's Charles Barkley.
5: Well, there is this basketball tournament that landed just about the same time I landed. I think the other thing I would speak to specifically is trying to create some what I would call consumer protections for families and student athletes around uh, name, image, and likeness, which one of the ADs referred to as uh, the only thing that's true about it at this point is everybody lies. Mm -hmm. So I would love to create some transparency and accountability around that so that families actually know um, what they're getting into, and I would really like to see some sort of uniform, standard contract so that when somebody signs it, they know they're signing the same kind of agreement everybody else is signing.
1: And in that, along those lines, how do you anticipate that being done and accomplished going forward?
5: Well, there's a couple of opportunities there. One is obviously we're going to talk some with the folks in Washington about this, and there's a fair amount of appetite to try to de- deal with this. They've been hearing from a lot of the same people I've been hearing from. Um, But I think it's incumbent on the NCAA to also develop a program that we believe we could implement uh, if the if the feds can't actually put something together on their own. The only problem with it is um, if the feds do it, all 50 states comply. If we do it, we have to perhaps nudge some states in their collegiate programs into participating because they may have state laws that don't require that they play. Chuck, you're shaking your head. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Did he say we're going to ask the politicians to help us? See, that that pisses me off already. Our politicians are awful people. As I talked to Clark earlier, because I asked him about y'all conversation, I would ask to go to people who actually care about basketball, not looking at it just themselves. I would put a committee together. I would love for Clark to be on the committee, get some coaches, get some players, and let's try to work this thing out. We can't ask these politicians nothing. Those people are awful people. Democrats and Republicans, they're all crooks. Charles Barkley,
0: they're all crooks. So I agree with Charles. You don't get politicians involved with name, image, and likeness. That's why they're supposed to be an NCAA. There's got to be rules for these young men and women in college. They have to have rules. You can't go to college and do whatever the hell you want. You just can't take money from anybody you want. You have to have rules. There's got to be attorneys involved. There's got to be people involved, maybe soon-to-be sports agents, whoever it is. But you can't get the government involved. How do you get the government involved with kids in college and what they're going to make? You need a governing body. That's why I agree with Charles Barkley. Get a bunch of people who are really powerful, put them on that group, and then clean it up because it is a mess right now. The difference, and I've always said, my son works now. He's in college. He's working in that field, name, image, and likeness, and it's the Wild West. And eventually it's going to hurt college football in my mind. I want to see these kids get what they deserve. But when you have a starting quarterback and a starting wide receiver making more money than the entire team, eventually the backup tight end, the center, the cornerback, they're going to get pissed in that locker room. They're going to walk around that locker room and see only two guys making 600000 or a million bucks, or Arch Manning over at Texas making a couple of million bucks. The NCAA needs to jump in and fix this. Bobby, let's get the final call of the Vegas Golden Knights last night as we wrap up this hour and come back with Raiders Roundtable. They do it again. Another win for this team as everybody's in Vegas. They're coming back to Vegas, and hopefully they stay in first place in the West.
2: Toffoli mishandles.
0: Four seconds.
2: Left wing a shot. Kadri block. Watt clears the zone. That will do it. Vegas holds on. Knights three. Flames two. Dan Duva on the
0: call there. So looking at the schedule coming up here. Just got to stay ahead of everybody in the West. If Vegas gets the one seed, the road is much easier through the West than it is East. East is a nightmare with the Bruins there, Tampa Bay, the strength of that whole conference. And if Vegas can get through to the Stanley Cup final, which is a tough prediction to make, but I'm going to make it. The team waiting out of the East should be bruised and battered. And if Vegas can stay healthy, they get a goaltender going down. Mark Stone's out, but the depth that they added on this team Over the last couple of weeks is really making a difference. All right. So coming up here at the top of the hour Raiders round table with Q Lincoln Kennedy Lincoln actually texted me. I said Lincoln we play you on Friday on my show and he says love it Lincoln Kennedy. Let me tell you if they have a podcast award category he should get it. The guy's unbelievable in this format because Lincoln's an analyst on the radio with Jason Horowitz. He's critical when he has to be he's fair and he's a former player. So when Q and I are throwing out topics to Lincoln and serving him up, Lincoln just takes it and hits it out of the ballpark. So Lincoln's excited. He takes a little bit of time off this time of year along with Eric Allen before they come back with their Raider duties and have a really good time with us. Also, after roundtable, we're going to talk a little bit about what's on the Raiders' schedule next week. We're a month out. You know, the draft is at the end of April and we're pretty much near the end of March here. So we got about three and a half weeks of programming here on the flagship with our morning show, cue After Me, to really dive into these mock drafts and talk about the depth. And I'm not going to talk about a lot of players in the 6th, 7th uh, round. I'm going to talk about the players that could come in and start for the Raiders. Hard to find a player in the 5th, 6th, 7th round who could start in the NFL. The Raiders need starters on defense, and there's no excuse They got plenty of high draft picks to go defense and get these guys in the building and quickly get them through OTAs, get them rolling, and have them ready for the preseason and then ready to start the season. That's what can change everything around here. For the Raider fans who are negative and you don't think there's a lot of great players on the defense, they brought in a lot of depth. Now what they can do to hit a home run is fill all the depth out, the backups, the second stringers. So then when you get the three or four starters in the draft, You're really looking good. Uh, The Raiders off-season program, first day is April 17th. OTAs and the off-season workouts, May 22nd, 23rd, 25th. May 31st to June 2nd. June 12th to the 15th. And mandatory minicamp, guess what? June 6th through 8th. That feels like a long time from now. I'm going to go get myself a cup of tea and come back for the final hour.